Something new. Today we're looking at passages that call us to wage a spiritual battle um, that often goes unnoticed as we, um, we deal with our mental health. I know many of you struggle with ideas of mental health as we uh, struggle to, to take captive of the strongholds and every thought and make it obedient to Christ. How hard is that? It's hard, right? As we, we read this, this, this passage, we, we see it reminds us that we are living in a fallen and broken world. I mean, we know, everyone knows, this world is not perfect. Far from it. We're fallen, the world is broken, things don't go the way we want them to, our bodies don't go the way they want, we want them to, it's broken, we know that, it's a very fallen, broken world, but this passage, and, and Paul here in this passage, he's dealing with people that are very physical, he's facing critics, people that are speaking out against Paul and saying things like you need to become a Jew first before you can become a Christian and saying don't listen to Paul and saying well Paul's following this road and we don't want you to speak and they're speaking out against the work and the teaching that he's poured his life into he's poured all of his soul into his work and his job and he's left where he was comfortable and he gave up his career and his standing with the, the Jewish council and, and, and they're criticizing him. How many of you guys know that feeling? You get criticized when it turns like everything? But Paul knows something that isn't, uh, that even though his attackers, his critics, they're very human. He says, the battle we are fighting is not with conventional weapons. But instead, we're fighting on a spiritual realm. And see, that's one thing that we're we're, we're tempted to do. We're tempted to fight our battles with physical or means. Whether that be an ideology, as we see our nation trying to do, we try to stamp out what the war on drugs, the war on terror, the war on... We try to fight ideologies with physical... We can't do that. That's not how you fight ideology. But he knows that we're tempted to do this, but we also do that when, we're temp- when, we're t- when we think about our mental health, right? We're tempted to use the self-help book. I'm not saying they don't have some value to them. I'm saying, but that's what... That's, Take the drugs, which has value to it if you need them, up until a point. I'm not talking about illegal ones. I'm talking about legal drugs, not not illegal ones. Some of you guys are going the wrong way with that. Too much 60s in some of you. But he's, he's saying, you're tempted, we're tempted... 
But instead, the weapons we're, we're supposed to be using on a spiritual realm. And, and you know, when I, when I read this, I think about all the critics that, you know, I face, we face in our lives, and, and the critics in our own heads. And you guys have those critics. Those are your biggest critics. You know what I'm talking about. I get an amen. amen. Those, those critics, the self, self-doubt, negative talk, uh, you know, anxious thoughts. And you guys know what I'm talking about. Some of you guys are your own worst enemies. And those voices can leave. And you're like, well, I want them to leave my head. Some of you are attached to them. But most of you want them to leave. Um, and, and we want them to leave, but... But we're like this. This we're, we we try to use weapons that that are wrong, and 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 we just can't seem to get them. And I was I was thinking about this new movie that's coming out, uh, the new Inside Out movie. I don't know. You guys don't have kids. Some of you guys don't have kids, and so I'm I'm watching all these Inside Out uh, previews because it's my kids want to see the new Inside Out movie. Um, and one of the new feelings, because Inside Out, if you don't know, is a, 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 a movie because Disney's on this trip where we just put emotions to everything, right? Cars, emotions. Uh, you know, what if emotions had emotions? Um, and that's what Inside Out is. Emotions have emotions. And, um, and the new emotion that's being introduced is anxiety, um, which I had issue with because that's not really an emotion. That's based on other things like fear. Um, but, but we, we, we just accept that, hey, everyone has anxiety and it's an emotion that everyone's going to feel and it's just part of our lives. And I think, well, how, how hard it is that we just, like, that's the world we're living in where we just say, hey, it's what is. Everyone has anxiety and we just live with it. Now, I haven't seen the movie yet, so I don't know where it goes with that, but... But in a world that we're, we're, we're called to live differently because we have Jesus Christ in us. We're, we're, yes, we live in a broken world where it's not going to be perfect. But we're called here in this passage to hold, take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. And if we're dwelling on things like anxiety and depression and that's not taking hold, taking captive of those thoughts. I'm not saying that you're all going to get it perfect and that's not going to be something that takes time and you're just because you have Christ. Don't hear me say, I hate it when people say, well, if you have Christ in you, you won't have depression. That's not how that works. But when we take every thought captive, it becomes less and less and less. Because we're taking captive those thoughts that are leading down that pathway. And this includes arguments from ourselves and the lies we've believed and held on to. And yes, they're lies. We lie to ourselves all the time. We get fed lies from Hasatan, the adversary. Bible calls one of those Hasatan the great deceiver. The master of lies, even good people, 
and loved people can sometimes be the adversary. Look at Peter in Jesus' life. He's saying, why don't we just go do this? And he says, you're my, uses the word chasatan, you are my Satan, my adversary. You're the one standing in my way. You're the one being the problem here. And so even strong people, people that mean well for us can actually lead us down a path of lies because we're fallen, right? Peter was fallen. He thought he was doing what was right. And they probably don't mean to, but we lead us down a path of lies. And, and we lie to ourselves. We get those lies built up in our heads. And self-doubt, fear, hopelessness. But we must confront those fears and take every thought captive. That's what the Bible just calls us to do, right? Take every thought captive. And this is the heart of the message, lies in this passage, that we are called to be healthier because we've taken those thoughts captive. So we're supposed to be constantly monitoring our own thought patterns. Well, how many of you like to do that, right? You just like to let your thoughts be your thoughts. There are thoughts. We can't control them. And in a sense, that is true. We cannot control what pops into our head. But we have to be monitoring those thought processes, which a lot of us don't like to do because we don't like to work. We like to just sit back and let the... And so we have to ask ourselves, are these thoughts that are coming into my head, are they aligned with the Scriptures? Are they edifying, uplifting? Do they lead me down the path of destruction, that path of despair, that, that path of, uh, of, uh, that doesn't lead to life? Because Christ came come to give us life to its fullest. So if it's not leading us down a path of life, then it's not the path we're supposed to be walking. And a lot of times we just think about that physically. But it also includes our thoughts. <laughs> As I think about this, I'm actually reminded of a, a bat we had in here one time. Um, I don't know, some of you guys remember the bat. Some of you guys are like, we had a bat in here? We had a bat in here one time, and it kept flying up here in the ceiling, and we couldn't reach it. I was told I couldn't shoot it. Um, <laughs> it was inhumane. Um, uh, and it kept sitting around here, and we couldn't get it down. Um, and, and, it was, and I was thinking, you know, that's kind of like those thoughts that hang up in our head, right? They just kind of sit there, right? We, like, I can't get it out. And then it flew down. One, one time it flew down in the hallway down here, and, and I thought I was going to be able to get it. I took a broom, and it was in the hallway, and I smacked that thing all the way across. It went from the hallway there to the front of the church here. I smacked it as hard as I could over here. And I went to go clean it up. Because I'm like, surely this thing is dead. And you know what it did? It popped up and flew in my face and went back up to the ceiling. And I'm like... Sometimes our thoughts feel like that bat. Like no matter how hard we hit them... They don't go away. 
Now, bat's not there anymore. It died or left or something because it wasn't here no more. Ran out of food inside the church. I don't know. But, uh, but our thoughts are a lot like that bat. We think we get rid of them and they just think come, coming back. And we can't catch them. We can't keep hold of them. We say God's called us to take captive those thoughts. So we try to catch them and take them captive and they're up in the ceilings again. That's why Paul also tells us in the book of Romans. He says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing. This is your true proper worship. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We want to get rid of the bats in our, in our belfries. We have to transform the place that they're living so they're no longer welcome. Because what we do is we just say, well, I'm just going to leave everything the same and try to take that thought and get it out. But that's not how it works. We have to clean the space, fill it, change it, transform it. We transform it. We transform by the renewing of your mind. This is what God does. He fills us. He molds us. He makes us and transforms us into something better and new. And it doesn't happen overnight. That's a lot of our, we have, we have instant gratification problems. I want it to happen. Well, God, you said it was going to happen. And it happened, you know, you know, it didn't happen 13 seconds ago. So I'm done with you. That's not how this works. Transformation takes time. We forget how long it takes sometimes um, because we want things to happen immediately. But we transform or we take those thoughts captive and we can't ignore them. We can't shove them under a trash can and think that when we come back they're going to be dead. Um, We can't uh, just say, well, if I, you know, keep watching the same stuff I'm watching, then my thoughts will change. And we think, well, I'm going to clean house. I'm going to clean house. How many of you guys have ever cleaned out a room? Yeah, you clean out that room, and then you say, I'm just going to leave it empty. How long does it stay empty? Empty spaces beg to be filled. <laughs> Or some of you guys have that junk drawer in your kitchen. Yeah, you're not a real American if you don't have a junk drawer in your kitchen. Um, you clean out that junk drawer. It'll be junk again. Unless you put something in it, assign that space, it's going to stay junk. That's just how it works. And our mind works much the same way. You can't just say, well, I'm going to get rid of this thought. Because as soon as you get rid of it the one time, It's going to come back, often with friends. (laughs) So one of the things we can do as we're transforming our mind is we have to acknowledge that we have these thoughts. It's amazing what separating, what acknowledging what's going on in your head can do for you. 
I am feeling depressed. I'm having the thought of self-harm. I am, I am, I'm tempted by lust. I am acknowledged that I am feeling down today. And my thoughts are spiraling into things that shouldn't be there. When we acknowledge how we're actually feeling, it makes a world of difference. You acknowledge that we're having these thoughts. When you try to ignore them and hide them, it's like even Jesus acknowledges, I am tempted. When he says to Peter in Matthew, um, he says, Peter's like, you know what, we need, to, we need to run or we need to fight or we need you not to go and die on the cross. And Jesus is like, get behind me, Satan, because you're tempting me. Because I don't want this either. He cries on the cross, uh, in the garden, Father, if it be any way, let this cup pass from me. I don't want this. I don't want to go through what I'm going to have to go through. Acknowledging that we're tempted, that we're having thoughts of self-doubt, we're having thoughts of, 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 um, of hopelessness, we're having thoughts of anxiety, we're having, it makes a world of difference if we just acknowledge them. We separate them from, they're not who you are, it's not anxiety hasn't taken up residence inside your house. It is a thought you are having. It's something that we're... And we... And, and we, 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 we... I'm having blank thought. And that's, that's going to separate us from those negative thoughts. And, and, we, and we're separated from the truth. And only way to know the truth is to fill it with truth we have to speak truth into the situation if i'm having a moment of hopelessness what's the truth if you say well i'm hopeless then you're lying to yourself actually the next three sermons are going to be about some of the most common lies i i, I divided up into three sermons um And we're, we're, we, we can lie, but the truth, you know, Luke 14, right? Well, I mean, it's Luke 4, Luke 4, 18. The, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to protect the, to release the bond of captives and recover uh, sight to the blind to set free the oppressed. The truth is there to set us free. When we're, we're tempted to be oppressed by these things, we have to speak. And sometimes you have to even say it out loud, right? Yeah, people look at you and say, well, you're crazy. No, don't worry about people saying you're crazy. You're having thoughts. You need to be freed from. Speak truth into it. This is times when we have to rely on something outside of ourselves for the truth. That's Jesus Christ. And we get that truth. He has pervaded it. Not through some person who's, not, not even me, not some person, but through his scriptures, which he's provided. We are in a blessed time right now. 
No time in ever before in history have so many of us been able to access the Scriptures. Yet in most American houses, it sits on the shelf unread. I'm not just talking about me because I have 18 billion different copies of the Bible. I'm talking about... We have to rely that the truth is there, and that truth is Jesus Christ. And so when we feel like this thought, we say, well, it's, it's my truth, right? That's one thing we, we say a lot in our culture, right? It's my truth. So, but is it God's truth? Is it God's truth? Because his truth outweighs your truth. Because he's not lying to you. You may feel like he's lying to you, but he's got the truth. He's you say, this is the truth. And so we have to not be oppressed by those chains of those negative thoughts. We can't be held captive to them because we have to take captive those thoughts. But instead, we let the, if we, we focus on them, we give them power, we give those thoughts power, we don't speak truth into them, we give them the power to hold us captive. And they do, they'll chain you down. That spiral depression that leads you down and down and down. That spiral of anxiety where everything is fearful and you're always on, on edge and you never know what's going to happen and you're just, you're bubbled. I know because I've been there. I don't speak from, from books. I speak from personal experience. It's if we don't speak truth into it, we get down and we get burnt out and we, get, we don't know what to do next. We have to speak truth into it. And it's not our truth that matters. It's His truth. The truth that you are valuable and He loves you and He wants to make you whole and have a path that is light. I mean, let's turn to the very end of the Bible, right? Revelation chapter 5. I actually like this passage. Um, I don't preach a lot out of Revelations because uh, there's so many people who always want to talk about the end of the time. And I think it's so much more than just end of time stuff. And when he said, when he had taken up the four creatures and the 24 elders and fell down before the Lamb, each one of them had a harp and they were holding golden bowls full of incense in which they were prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take up the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. He's talking about Jesus Christ here. And your blood, you purchased for God persons from every tribe, language, people, and you were you see that? You are purchased by Jesus Christ. Purchased. People from every tribe, from every language, from every people, from every nation. I purchased you, he said. Jesus says, I purchased you. And I not just purchased you, but I've, I've made you to be a kingdom of priests to serve our God. And they will reign on earth. I've purchased you to be a kingdom of priests. To be his, his representative. To restore that, that, that image that we're given in Genesis chapter 1. Where he says, I've made you in my image. And then we let that fall away and we stop being his image. And, and he's saying, I've purchased you. So that you'll be his image once again. 
how beautiful that you are valued you are loved and he wants what's best for your life and he has a truth that he has given and he has given us the, 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 the scriptures to speak truth into these lies in this fallen and broken world. He's chosen us to be co-rulers with his own blood. With him. Philippians 3. 12 through 15. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal. Paul, uh, being honest here, I'm not there yet. But I press to take hold of that for which Christ has taken hold for me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward to Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature should take such things and on, point, and on some point you think differently that too God will make it clear to you we don't have to be perfect. Paul, who wrote 13 books, arguably 13 books of the Bible, says, I'm not perfect yet. I'm not there yet. He struggles with all the same things we struggled with. But he says, you know what? I'm going to forget what's past me. Can't do anything about that. I'm going to strive forward. And you know what? Some of you are like that too. There's got things that haunt you in your past. Things you did, things someone else did, things that happened. But you know what? None of that can be changed. We all love a good time-changing uh, movie, right? And we just realize none of that's all malarkey, right? We can't actually change any of that. Makes for good drama, not for good reality. We can't change the past. Instead, we move forward and say, I cannot change the past no matter what happened. Horrible, not horrible, sin, not sin, whatever, doesn't matter. It influences where we're at, but we strive forward for that which is of Christ. Strive forward to reach the perfection that is Christ, which means we have to change our behaviors, which means we have to change our thoughts. We have to take captive those thoughts by the transforming of our mind and be filled with Jesus Christ, knowing the truth, acknowledging that we do have issues, and being honest with one another. We're not supposed to do it alone. We have to be truthful with one another. We all keep saying, "What's the, you know, if, if, if I go up to someone and I say, how you doing? The most common respect I get is, I'm good or fine. Which is a sign good, uh, perfect enough answer when you don't actually want to get into it. And for most people, that's perfectly okay. But everyone needs to have people in their lives which they can get into it with. And say, I struggle with this. And you say, well, I don't have any struggles. You're lying. You may have less struggles than someone else or different struggles than someone else. I know we all say, well, but I'm good because I woke up this morning and I shouldn't. We all have issues. We're in a broken, fallen world. We need to have people that we can be real with. And with, in the United States, the number one prescribed medicine is depression medication. 
I know that most of you in this room are not okay. And it's okay not to be okay. What is not okay is to say, well, I'm just going to live here. I'm going to let anxiety move in. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take acknowledge that I have those things. To one another, in Christ, we're going to go move together as a community, as my, 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 the people close to me. I'm going to say it out loud. And when those negative thoughts, they take captive my heart, <coughs> I'm going to turn to the truth of Jesus Christ. And say, well, I don't see it. I can't do it. Then we're going to have someone in our lives that can remind us of the truth of Jesus Christ. We have to allow, we have to give that person permission to sometimes tell you they're, you're wrong, which none of us like to hear, right? We have to give someone in our lives permission to say, hey, you're wrong. This is what the truth is. You say, oh, I don't have someone that I can, a lot of times because we're blocking people. We don't, wanna, we don't want them in us. And we pray, God, I need someone like that in my life. Just One. That can tell me, hey, I'm spiraling. I'm believing a false truth. So we can acknowledge, hey, you know what? You're right. The truth of Jesus Christ is this. And so as we think about our next steps, we have to think about what am I going to do next? You know, there's a spiritual battle going on where there's lies being told to us every day. And we have to take captive the truth of Jesus Christ. In doing so, we can find healing, peace, renewed sense of purpose in Him. We have to make our minds the sanctuaries for His truth. And experience the fullness in His joy and peace, even in the storms of our mind. A lot of times we're looking for those physical things. We want God to stop the rain outside, which I wish he would stop. We need some rain. But what the storm that we really need him to calm is up here and here. And we think, what, what are my next steps in this situation? We have to, one, am I in the truth Am I believing the truth of Jesus Christ? Two, do I have people in my life that I've given permission to call me out if they need to? And I have people in my life that we can walk together through this storm, this broken, fallen world. Do we have a sense of purpose in Him? Are we trying? Are we, are we transforming our minds? Are we just letting the world dictate what we are? You know, the theology I get is from TikTok, right? Where that person should be in the Scriptures. And yes, it requires work because if we just read the Scriptures, a lot of times we try to put ourselves into the Scriptures and we read it wrong because we take, we're from America in the 21st century and it was written in, you know, 1000 BC when it got started, you know. That's a long time ago. 
100 A.D., they thought differently. So they used words differently. We have to be working. We have to be working. Take captive that thought. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your words that guide us in every aspect of our life. Lord, help us to, to take every thought captive for you in, in your truth. Not, not be, be focused on, 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 on our truth, but your truth. In the realm of, of mental health, grant us a, a strength and a wisdom to combat the negative thoughts, the, the, the lies that come, through, that, that come through this world and through people and through this brokenness. Lord, we, we want your truth to fill us. Transform our minds. Give us healing and peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to go to a time of invitation, a time we invite you.